McKenna, welcome to The Protectors. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm glad to have you on. We've been pinging each other on Instagram for a long time now. You have an incredible career in the air gun, or is it air rifle or air gun? I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, shooting sports, I shooting guess. Sport. Um, you know what? Absolutely shooting sports. Because I shoot. Uh, I actually shoot both uh, air rifle and small bore twenty two caliber. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, like the research, I'm just looking over my air rifle. I'm like, it's so cool. Oh, thank you. Because, you know, with, you know, we talk ammo shortage all the time, my friends and I, and it's like, I need to buy more nine millimeter, more 45, more this, more that. And I'm like, how come more people aren't getting into air rifles? It's not a real gun, apparently. Oh, it's real. I remember as a kid, we'd shoot each other with the BB guns, you know, the one or two pumps with the, uh, the Crossman 177 caliber and you, um, it's just, it, it's real. You know, when you pump yes. those suckers up like 20 times, it'll go through your skin. You could, and you could, you know, you know, as well as I do, you could, sh you could hunt with air rifles. So, I mean, yeah, it's a real rifle. And I think it'd be great for practicing for small bore on up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for us, our air guns are so precise. Um, the rifle rifle targets that I'm shooting at at the games is about the size of a silver dollar. And then the bullseye is the size of a period in a newspaper. It's a half millimeter dot. And then to make life more entertaining, if you will, they divide that half millimeter dot into tenths of millimeters because we have electronic scoring systems that can be that precise. So it's not, it's not good enough to just hit the bullseye. It depends on how well you hit the bullseye too. I did not know that. What are the distances? Is it, is it 25 meters on up or? 10 meter for air gun. So there is air rifle and air pistol. Yeah. 25 meter is a pistol only event and that's 22 caliber. And then 50 meter is uh, our small bore events. And that on the Paralympic side, we still have a um, 50 meter 22 pistol event when the Olympic side does not. You know, with an air rifle, obviously it's just air pushing the projectile out with, with a rifle. You have the bores, you have the primer, you have a whole bunch of stuff working together in order to get it precise and a lot more feet per second, it seems, than an air rifle. How does how does the precision take into account what these types of rifles are using? Come on, just explain these things. They're awesome. Say, <laughs> it, it's huge. Um, uh, the 50-meter target that I'm shooting at for rifle, it's about the size of a softball. And then bullseye is a dime at 50 meters. Um, so the both of the guns that I shoot, uh, they're from Onschutz, the German company. And... I mean, we're splitting hairs with what we're doing in, in competition. So we, you know, we'll test different barrels to make sure that the barrel is shooting exactly where we point it. And we do a ton of ammo testing to make sure that we can get the smallest group with the best lot. And um, our guns are so specialized uh, to fit us and to fit our body and our position. Um that while you could probably pick up someone else's gun and get a shot off, it wouldn't be very, it wouldn't be great. 
Yeah, you know, when you look at like the high precision snipers and everything, their weapons are made specifically for them. You know, but we're talking military and police and other uh, applications. But when you're looking at an Olympic level sport, do you wake up in the morning and do you drink a big, massive cup of coffee and your nerves are shot and you can't hit anything? Or how do you regulate your physiology in order to shoot that precision? I was going to say you're a finely tuned machine as well. So I have a pretty set schedule that I like to stick to. I often eat the same foods for breakfast. I avoid caffeine and sugar on the days that I'm training and on the days that I compete just to make sure that, you know, I know how my body is going to react when I need it to perform at its best. You know, when I think Olympic level, it's, it's, it's the varsity. It's like the NFL of, of shooting. It's, it's beyond, it's like the Super Bowl. Um, what is that pressure like? Okay. So you shoot regular, you know, local tournaments when you're younger, you move on up, you're doing the world games, American games and the Olympics. What is that Olympic pressure like? It's almost indescribable. But at the same time, I've only been, you know, Rio was my first game. So I've only been in one game so far. Tokyo will be coming up here. Oh, just only one game. Just only one. (laughs) Um, Tokyo will be coming up here in a short month. Um, But I think the pressure is there. But I think that, you know, the best athletes learn how to prepare for it ahead of time so that it's not all consuming and overwhelming um, on competition day. And I think because of the preparation that I had done, you know, before I went to Rio, I was just more excited about being there and excited to shoot than anything else. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast life. You know, um, when you're getting ready to, what is the the Olympic village? Like, what is all, what's the experience? Like, you know, let's just do something like this. What is the day in the life of an Olympic level athlete? Like, at the at the village at the yeah. games or just just training? go through a typical day of the Olympic Village. Oh, the Olympic Olympic and Paralympic Village, man, I love it. Um, that was actually one of my favorite memories from Rio was walking into the village for the first time. Um, it's just uh, everybody is there. The best of the best in the world are all in the same place. So you know, waking up in the morning, um, you and your teammate, your we usually have some, at least one roommate. Sometimes it's from the same sport. Sometimes it's a different sport, um, but you're both there for the same reason. And, you know, you get ready together in the morning and uh, you know, headphones, especially the big over your headphones are a must because they're also an external sign to other people that, you know, you're in your zone and you're getting ready. Um, so definitely uh, live in those some days during competition and, uh, you'll roll on down to the uh, to the cafeteria, you know, say hi to friends from other sports and, you know, friends from other countries. I uh, honestly think that's one of the best parts of um, the Paralympic side, especially, is that we're all so close. And, uh, you know, grab some food from the cafeteria. Uh, the cafeteria is set up with five different food stations so that you can get uh, food uh, from your from your home continent. So something that you're used to, you don't have to change your, your food routine, if you will, um, once you get to the games. So when we were in Rio, they had, you know, the American station, the South American station, Europe, Asia, Australia sort of thing. It was just great to be able to go and choose what you wanted to eat that day. And then, uh, 
you head on over to the transportation hub where they just have hundreds of buses on standby waiting to uh, take all of the athletes to their different venues. And uh, for Rio, they really did a great job of making sure that the whole thing was um, ex- quite accessible. So they had ramps that went up to the side of like the higher coach buses so that we can just roll right on without needing to mess with the lift that could break. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was really nice. Um, and then a lot of the athletes will have their headphones on, on the bus, you know, we'll give each other a, a nod. Hello in the morning. <laughs> um and then once we get to the range, they'll usually do some screening to make sure we are who we are and we're supposed to be there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's really just game time. You know, you go and grab your gear and you grab your uh, grab your firearm for the day and head on over, find a, a comfortable corner or a comfortable spot on the wall so that you can you know, do whatever warm up you need to get done. A lot of athletes will use uh, like TheraBands or do stretches with their coach, um, visualization, mindfulness sort of things to get ready. A lot of people will have some sort of snack, small snack right before the, uh, um, not right before, but, you know, before the competition because maintaining our glucose levels are super important. Don't want any uh, spikes or lows uh, in the middle of the competition. And, yeah, we'll get called to the line and bring all of our equipment up. And I turned and uh, I actually had my mom put my hair up in a ponytail before my competition in Rio. So it was really cool to get to share. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say really just, you know, going through the schedule that you have at home with a few minor adjustments and being being ready for the competition. You had me like nervous thinking about going up to the line and everything like that. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> That first shot, do you know you're like, is it like one of those, like with competition, is it like, bam, I nailed that. And then you're on for the rest of the day or if it's like, bam, oops. And then it kind of kicks you for a little loop. It depends on the day for being completely honest. Um, But I will say that my experience in Rio was one of the rare experiences for shooters. Um, I really felt like I had found my flow state in that competition. And a lot of the time when you hit that flow state, you come out, you come, you know, finish the competition and come out of it. And you almost don't remember what happened. You you can't recall any individual like highs or lows in the, in, you know, in the midst of the competition. And that's honestly what it felt like. I came off the line and I just remember like kind of being on a high and feel feeling like really excited and really proud of the performance that I had, you know, shot and I wasn't able to see the leaderboard from where I was sitting um, out on the field of play. So I just remember my coach coming up to me and just having a quick conversation about, you know, how I felt in Rio and how I felt about that match. And, you know, I told him I felt really, really good. And I was really proud about what I did, whether or not I made the final. And he's like, well, you know, I have to worry about that because you're sitting in third right now. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that's good. <laughs> Here we go. What is it like winning a medal? I, you it know, just, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I'm living through you right now. It just feels like, you know, the culmination of all of the hard work that you've literally spent years, you know, working on just came together, you know, right when you needed it, needed it to, right when you planned on it coming together. And it's, 
excitement and relief and just pure joy of getting to share that, you know, not only with, you know, your coaches and your teammates and parents that are there, but that you did it for your country as well. I can imagine your mom was bawling. You know, know, I don't know who was crying more, my mom (laughs) or my dad. I think it was a pretty close tie there. (laughs) Oh, if, you know, if my daughter and my son were up there, I didn't even, I would be, I'm just just thinking about that. I get goosebumps right now because I'm yeah. like, I just can't imagine. I mean, like I'm an older person and, you know, the Olympics have always held like this special part of me. Like I can't wait for the opening ceremony. I don't care about politics. I don't care about whatever. I care about like those athletes that are truly there. Just that is their life. And that's just incredible. And to be able to speak to one. It's incredible. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. One thing I want to talk about is like when we talk about um, air rifles, we talk about air weapons, we talk about this, we talk about that. I shouldn't say air weapons, not really. How do we get someone into the sport of, you know, competition air rifles? So USA Shooting has, you know, a great resource on their website. Um, You can actually find a local club in your area that will usually have – you know, the equipment and the starter, the, you know, starter introduction to the sport. Um, That's actually kind of how I got started in a way. So my very first competition I shot, it was an NRA match actually. And the director of the camp was a disabled veteran. So once I shot that first match with him, you know, went on a um, a national level NRA match uh, for juniors and then got connected with a local club at home. So that local club is kind of what, you know, steered me towards what gear I needed to purchase and, you know, gave me the opportunity to try out, you know, a couple, couple different brands to see what I like best. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about getting people into shooting sports, you know, before pre COVID, I started bringing out people to the, um, the hashtag let's go shooting through the USCCA, not yeah. USCCA, but, um, what it, the guys who do the shot show and it was fun bringing people that had never shot a pistol or a rifle before. And they're like, wow, this is it. It's yeah. not some weird, crazy thing. It's just, it's incredible. How surprising it is for some it people. It is even me. Like when I watch them, and I see that they're, you know, the first, second day at the range and they're putting like holes in the bullseye. And you're like, wow, yeah, that is awesome. And I love instructing. You know, that's one of the reasons I went um, a couple years ago. Was it a couple of years? Probably about a year and a half ago. I went and got my NRA instructor just so I could get that and, you know, certify people for their CCW or whatever. But also to see and instruct people that are new to the shooting sports. Yes, because it's, it, it's not, you know, in the shooting, you know, just as I do, it's not about shooting people and shooting animals, shooting whatever. It's about that sport. And yeah. to see that Olympics is has embraced it for, for since the inception of firearms. So, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, one of the, my biggest passions, you know, right alongside actually getting to compete myself, my life was changed because of the mentors that I had that brought me into the sport that introduced me to the Olympic and the Paralympic movement. And I can only hope that one day I get to have the same impact on other kids, especially kids with disabilities, because a lot of the time it can be difficult to adapt to the outdoors. Um, so I want to show people, you know, especially these kids that it's worth the effort to make these adaptions and live a fun life. How can we help with that? 
not being afraid to ask questions. You know, sometimes it can be difficult or uncomfortable to, you know, walk up and introduce yourself to someone who can be different. Um, but I found that most of the time, if someone just comes up and, you know, polite, hey, how are you doing? Um, you know, so I'm not trying to be mean or awkward, but, you know, why why are you disabled? How can I help you? Um, or not even how can I help you, but, you know, is there anything that I can do for you? Yeah. And why not? We have enough people in the industry. Yeah. And and we have enough people in our industry just want to help. Yeah. Um, I have seen, like, I live uh, in the Virginia area and I see Gabby Franco lives out here somewhere and she's a competitive shooter and she just started shooting air rifles. And I like watching her Instagram feed and seeing how she's doing it. I like to see more people in the industry embrace that. I shouldn't say it's really a a culture, but just get into it because I think it's, I I am absolutely going to do it. So after this uh, interview, I'm going to look it up and I'm going to check out somewhere where I can go and practice and see what I need. And I'm sure with your help, I'll be able to purchase the absolute right starter air rifle. There we go. I was saying, I think air rifle, it's really eye opening too, because it's more reflective on what you're doing. It's not because you don't have recoil to deal with. You you know, it's not as heavy as some of, you know, the other firearms are. So it's really, yeah, can be really reflective on uh, your habits. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I better not be drinking a huge Red Bull. Oh, you know, <laughs> before I go, you know, it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> um, I'm excited for you. And, you know, this interview is going to air before you take off. So we're going to be able to support you. And where can everybody find you at? I mean, you're on IG. We'll tag you there. But <laughs> any way else, we, any other way we can support you? Um, I'm also, also have that public Facebook page at McKenna's Dream. So a little bit different than my Instagram handle. Um, but yeah, those will, Instagram and Facebook will really be the biggest places to find updates while I'm at the games. Okay, let's try something new. What is your favorite movie? I love Where Remember the Titans. Ah, that was quick. Boom. <laughs> there we go. Remember the Titans. You know, how did I guess it's competition in sports and, you know, the positive energy story. I like it. And I love the music. <laughs> the music. I'm a huge, huge fan of soundtracks. I'm like a soundtrack junkie. So, uh, yeah. McKenna, I appreciate you coming on and we're going to be cheering you on. And yeah. How many, how many different events are you going to be doing? I will have three. So I compete. August 30th, September 1st, and September 4th. I'd like to have a part two of this interview when you get back. Sounds great. (laughs) 